We welcome you to episode 35 of Batten and Chatten here in the Eastern Observer. Alongside Dennis Tui, I'm Brandon Natale. Now, before we get started, please hit that subscribe button on YouTube to be kept on the loop. Everything Eastern Observer, and most importantly, Batten and Chatten. Our show can be found on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts can be found. Our show is presented to you by Black Cats NYC. Be sure to download the newest hit single, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us which can be found wherever music is found, whether that's Spotify, Our Radio, SiriusXM, Satellite Radio, and many others. Dennis, how are you doing today on this fine evening? Doing pretty good. I'm just kind of hanging out, doing my yeah. thing, and um, yeah. I'm excited for the baseball season, man. I, I really yeah. am. I was even looking at tickets recently for games, which I want to talk to you about. After okay. this, because I saw a deal, I I can't pass up. Saw yeah, no. Let me let me know. Yeah, my, let me know deals. my friend Jonathan from uh, the baseball the league. league. Yeah, yeah, I love Jonathan. Yeah, I think I yeah, met you him met him once. once. Yeah, great guy. I think I follow, yeah. I follow him too. He's a nice guy. Great guy. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to him. I'm like, dude, we can't pass this game up. Yankees. Uh, you got time? Tell Yan- me, honestly. Yankees Astros in the middle of Ooh. May oh, during yeah, the week. Dude, those tickets. I'm not going to say what game it is because I don't want other people to, to, to buy the tickets I'm looking at. There's a deal that's like, well, I know what you're talking, talking about. I know, just talking I know about the Godfather. Talk about an offer I can't refuse. Whoa. You know, I know, I know what game you're talking about because I know, I remember when you mentioned it the other day. Yeah. Mm. But um, I definitely look into it. That might be something I might have to call out. I mean, I wouldn't mind if I, I mean, um, hey, got time? If you have vacation time, I got. If I got the vacation, vacation time, I'll, I'll try to use it. I got a really bad idea. I would have to. That I would wear since I'm gonna try not to wear. You know, I mean, like I said, you know me. I wear my Yankees jersey to go incog. You know, incognito. Like I said, I'm a Mets fan. Die hard at heart, or my bleed blue and orange. You know, I also just, but you know, to protect that. You know, at Yankee Stadium, you know me. I wear my Babe Ruth jersey. It's a Baseball jersey, everybody can agree. Babe Ruth is secondly baseball. Like, oh yeah, you know you're not a baseball fan if you don't know who Babe Ruth is. So, you know, I wear it just to go incognito because, like, I want to call it. Like, I'm not going to be the one to wear it. I know we've discussed this plenty. I'm not going to be one to wear like my Mike Piazza in Yankee Stadium because I just don't want that unwanted attention. You know, and I mean it's a nice jersey, the Babe Ruth. I've had it since I was in middle school, and it somehow still fits me. So that's you know, astounding. Yeah, it's it's nice though, you know. So like I said, like, and like I said, I'm a Mets fan, but I'm also a baseball fan. So I wear that, you know, just to go incognito. But this season, I think I might try to change that, and I'll tell you why. Before you get to that, there's a baseball jer- like sauce, but Gardner on the jersey that I would buy, and it's, it looks really good. So I feel like I would wear that. Just so it's kind of you know, it's baseball, and even though it's you know, it's and it's neutral, even though it's not related to Jets or you know football, but it's. It's a baseball jersey. It looks pretty cool. I feel like I would want to show it out. What are you going to say? First of all, following the Dennis Tui jersey rules, you're allowed to wear a Jets jersey to a Giant to a Yankees game. You're supporting the New York team. I'm okay with it. Second, and what I was originally going to say when you said you're a baseball fan, that's why I own – I think I still have it even though it's, it doesn't fit me. It just is almost like a keepsake. That's why I own a Boston Red Sox T-shirt. Okay. I went to Fenway Park on a trip with my Boy Scout troop. We're yeah. Visiting okay. Boston. 
Yeah. Went to Fenway Park for a tour, and I said I got to walk away with something. So I bought a Carly yeah. Stremski shirt. Long Island guy, Polish American like myself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice. Okay. And people were like, how can you buy that as a Yankees fan? I said, I'm a baseball fan first. If the Yankees folded tomorrow, I'd still follow the league. Is the way it is. So it it doesn't bother me. Like, I mean, obviously, people know I'm a Jersey guy. I'm wearing a Suns jersey right now. But I actually am a Suns fan. So maybe it won't apply. But like, I have a Mike Piazza jersey. Yeah. I have two Dodgers jerseys, an Oral Hershiser jersey that's way too big for me now. Um, a Clayton Kershaw jersey. I have an Otani jersey too, a Team Japan Otani jersey. Okay, nice. Which I got for like 30 bucks, which is awesome. And a Nolan Arenado hoodie. A Team USA hoodie. So and of course I have Yankees jerseys. Got like three, right. yeah. four. No, yeah. So, but I mean, so I mean if, but no, yeah, I mean I would you know, that's why I hate when people if people take it way too serious in that aspect where it's like yeah. Like, hey, like, you know, like I said, like, I only wear it, like I said, just because I don't want anyone wanting attention. And I just, like I said, I go incognito. I'm always being a Mets fan, and I always bleed blue and orange. I will say this on this podcast. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah, I, uh, just, I always just find it weird when people wear like random jerseys to games. It's not to me as much as like that guy's wearing a Phillies jersey at a Yankees Mets game. Like, get him. It's just like, <laughs> you know, like, where's my pitchfork? You, you know, it's just like, yeah. I just find it bizarre. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, I just, yeah, it's no, like a mean. social moray to me. I just, I don't, uh, I just, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. That's what it is. Like, my brain just shuts down. Mm, yeah. Like, when I went to the Islander Ranger game with you, I don't wear my devil's jersey. Yeah, you know, you know? The, the Yankees, they're they're New York. So, yeah, you know, I mean, but I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think I would wear any any Braves, like stuff like that. I don't think I could. I would never wear any Dallas Cowboys stuff. Right. Yeah, like I wouldn't, you'll never see me in like a Patriots Tom Brady, maybe in Tampa Bay. Because he left the team and he went to Tampa, but I don't think I would. I don't think anything Patriots. There's Gronkowski, Dion Branch, Rob Gronkowski. Wait, I said Rob Gronkowski. Um, I get what you're saying. Yeah, Stefan Gilmore. I'm not Gary. Oh, uh, Julian Edelman. Teddy Bruschi. Teddy Bruschi. Teddy Bruschi. All these players. Like yeah. you never see me in any of those players. No, no. Respect them. Yeah, you know, but respectfully, no. You'll never see me in those jerseys. No, no. There's certain Eagles jerseys that I would consider owning. Like a Vince Papali jersey, that would go hard, dude. I w- you know Invincible. I would love to have a Brian Dawkins jersey. Me too. I love Brian Dawkins. Like I just love Weapon seeing- X. I just realized that was his nickname. I just I watched a TikTok, like an edit. I love the edits that people make of him. I think it's amazing. It like gets me fired up. It like makes me want to just like go to the gym right now or just or get on the football field and just like, you know, activate my inner Weapon X. One of the greatest sports nicknames ever, Weapon X, which yeah, he got because he was so, dominant yeah. around the time the X Men movies came out, and that's Wolverine, Weapon X. Yeah, he was great. He was great when he played in the league. Just definition of like dom- a dominant safety and just yeah. pure hearted, you know. Um, just you know, God bless him. You know, um, 
But um, I definitely like Curry. I think he, I like, I think he preaches God sometimes too. So God bless him for that. And like I said, just yeah. they say like he just was, he was in, on the football field. He was like a different person. It's so one video. It was like a meeting rooms. This guy's, you know, um, he's just calm, cool, collective. But then when he puts on the, the shoulder pads and the jersey, it's all out. God's goes all out. So Weapon X. I wish he would have been a Jet, but hey. Can't get everything. Like they say, Santa can't deliver everything, but here's here's your Xbox One. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of like teams that I just outright would refuse to wear. I would refuse anything NL East. I think it's really it just comes down to a lot of it is because like it's ugly. I, I but like I'm discounting that. Like I wouldn't wear Washington stuff, commanders. Because it's ugly, not because any other reason. Not because they could go, you know. I hate them. It's it's not like that. The Cowboys. Uh, I feel like you got enough money. You don't That's need it. Real. You know, I wanted to show this quick. Uh, this right oh. here is a signed ball from Jim Rice. Whoa! Yeah. How'd you get that? So when I was in Boston, because my sister was doing college tours at the time. She went to uh, – she was just checking out colleges at Boston College when – and true story, the guy right on the board, he wrote the price of the college of tuition, and, pe- and people walked out. So that's one thing on Boston College. Hey, probably good to, probably good college, but like I said to people, be careful when you, where you go your money. Yeah. But, uh, but anyways. Um, no people who went there. I think it's a good college. I'm not going to downplay the college, but hey, that's the point I'm trying to get is, hey, College expensive, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, so we it was my aunt, my aunt Jenny, rest in peace, and my uncle Danny. We were we took a tour of Fenway, and then we went when we went to Fenway. Um, we, we went to the store outside of the park, and they had you know, and I saw the ball, and I, you know, and my aunt Jenny got it for me, so I'm forever grateful for it. It's it's ten years later, it's still in my room, and I still have it. Um, as it was cheap too, it was like fifty bucks. And as I as I look at it, like it's pretty legit. Like it looks pretty like legit. Like pen is written on it. It's it's legit. So that's kind of my core memory when I went to Fenway. Jim Rice was he's a Hall of Famer. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, he's like top five, six best Red Sox ever. Yeah. Like, no. Who would you have ahead of him? I, I guess Ted Williams, Carl Ustremski, obviously. David Ortiz. David Ortiz by accomplishments, but I don't think he's a better player than Jim Rice was. Jim Rice was a monster. And fun fact about Jim Rice, saved a kid's life during a game. Kid fell off with the green monster. Jim Rice saved him. Really? Are you kidding me? Yeah. There's like an iconic picture of him holding the kid, running the kid off. Like he like he like ran to like he like ran to protect him, like like to like the the kid fell off. He ran over, picked him up, and got him off the field. And like, I think he might have given him CPR. I forget. Oh, but he literally saved the kid's life. That's amazing. If that's wow, that's crazy. No, that 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 is true. That's crazy. That's that's amazing to hear. Yeah, I I guess read read the story on your own time, just because I I don't really know enough about it, but I do know it happened. The kid lived. That's a good story. So, 
That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. I think he might have been like a second or third ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, really no, I, I could see it. No, yeah. Really good. MVP. I wonder if he was on the team in 86, like in 86 when he went against the Mets. Might have been on the tail end of his career. He's... I wonder, do you feel like we could... Uh, you feel like we, we he'd be able to reach out to interview? Why not? I don't know. I, I don't know much about him now. He's he's only seven years old. He was inducted in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he was inducted. He was inducted in the Hall of Fame in two thousand nine. Oh, okay, so he was not a second ballot Hall of Famer. Can't wait off on that. I guess he got into a committee. Probably had to. Let's see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was on the eighty six. Uh, eighty six Red Sox. Um. That was his last All Star year. 78 was by far his, you know, let me pull up the stats for the viewers. Oh, he was, he was something else, man. I'm shocked that like you just had like a, like a Jim Rice. Yeah. The random, uh, random. I was uh, not expecting this today. uh, The random Brandon moment of the, uh, of the episode. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You can just see, um, you just look at the stats. Like I said, 78 was his best best season by far. Look at that. 46 home runs, 139, uh, 600 slugging, 970 OPS, total bases for, right? Total bases, 406. Mm-hmm. Um, just played every game, led league in at-bats. Like, and he was surprised he didn't have the highest average. He had like two. He led league in hits, but he didn't have a, the best average. That's crazy. So I could see he could definitely make, yeah, he's hall, definitely deserving a Hall of Famer by far, by none. And uh, yeah, obviously at the tail end of his career, you can see numbers side sort of dip a little bit. But uh, what, I what a know, good player! I want to know who beat him for Rookie of the Year in '75. That's yeah, like that's a great a rookie season. That's a good question. Let's uh, let's take a look. Oh, Brad Lynn won MVP that year. Yeah, I mean, shoot. Could wow, you imagine both? having both guys on your roster? Gary oh Carter was on the God. team, too? No, that's... Oh, no, actually, no, 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 I don't, yeah. I didn't mean that, no, no, I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. I meant Gary Carter was a rookie, yeah, that, that's, like, that's when he first started to come in the league. When he was with Montreal. Yeah, he was with Montreal for a while. Same thing, they had another one, Larry Parrish. Wasn't Larry... Can you click on Larry Parrish a second? He's what, like a first baseman or like a corner outfielder? Third baseman, oof. That was wrong. He, his name, I, I always feel like it, it like weirdly comes up on these kinds of lists, of like hall, MVP voting, all-star things and stuff like that. And he's, he's just always around, but he's not. Um, if you actually look at it, like he was a good player, but he wasn't like a – you know, superstar like a like mm. a great. You have to see Larry Parrish when he comes to town. Mm. Trip down memory lane, seventies baseball. I have to ask why don't why did Montreal leave? Why did the Expos leave? That's Montreal? a very good question. The real the real reason, and this isn't like just like harebrained stuff. 
they always had attendance issues, but the the real problem was the 1994 strike. The league did not want Montreal to succeed. And the reason why they didn't want Montreal to succeed was just because Toronto went back-to-back World Series. And they didn't want the Canadian teams to keep winning. So 1994, the Montreal Expos had Larry Walker, Hall of Famer, Pedro Martinez, Hall of Famer. They had Randy Johnson. He left at that by that point. They had like a loaded roster. Del- uh, actually, no, they traded Delano to Shields. But uh, I think uh, John Olerud was on that team too. Loaded, loaded, loaded roster. Okay, yeah. And um, all those guys left in free agency. They, lo- they lost a lot of guys that offseason. Wow, okay. So that was it. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's bizarre. The- Netflix. Actually, we could actually talk this into current news. Netflix is making a documentary about it. Really? That must be good. So, um, 1994, I guess. Yeah, Pedro was on the team, but not the Pedro we know now. In 342 ERA is very good for that era, but still not, you know. He didn't win like a Cy Young or anything like that that year, but they had guys. John Wetland was one of the best closers of the 90s, maybe the best, if we're being honest. Um, no, I guess Dennis Eckersley still had some good years. Um, Cliff Floyd, another guy, great player, rookie. Really? Cliff, wow. Um, I love Cliff Floyd. Moises Alou, Marquise Grissom, Larry Walker, uh, Rondell White, who was pretty good. They They just had guys that were, like, good. They just had a really good roster. And I guess I was wrong. Olerud wasn't on the team at that point. I thought he was. But yeah, like they, their team was loaded for a few years there. And uh, maybe he was in the minor leagues, Olerud. I forget. But their career with Montreal. Their team was really good. And then uh, they lost Larry Walker to the Rockies in free agency. Hmm. And. just little by little, guys left, and they couldn't recuperate that talent. They had Vladimir Guerrero in the minors yeah. at that point. They, they really should have been way better than they were. But uh, the league just did. I don't know. The league just didn't want them to succeed. It was hard for them to make deals and things like that, hard to keep guys, so on and so forth. And I think – I don't know. This this would be an interesting just to do like an episode on on like a slow news week because there's a lot to it that I kind of don't remember. Why did the Expos? He has a weird. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have that much hits. Cliff Floyd. I would feel like he had one of more hits in his career. Attendance was always a problem with that. I I remember that. Mm. Um. He had a decent career, I feel like, Cliff Ford. I feel like he, oh, yeah. like he would have had more hits. But uh, now since you met, mentioned, when you mentioned Netflix, uh, if you heard, the Boston, Boston Red Sox are getting their own, uh, getting their own documentary. Uh, they're they're uh, like similar to Hard Knocks in a way. Like how what Hard Knocks does for the NFL, it's kind of what the MLB is trying to do. Or at least what Netflix wants to do, and the Boston Red Sox were chosen for uh, for for that specific uh, 
thing going on. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, so like, cause and they're basically, it, it would have been interesting to see if like spring training, but they're actually going to be going on through the whole seat. They're actually going to be following them for the whole season. So I think it's pretty cool. So as I'm reading it right now, um, so yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. And you met obviously from this article by uh, Amanda Richards on Tudom by Netflix. You see the she talks about uh you know Cheer, Last Chance You, and Wrestlers, Doc series who debuted in 2025, and offer unprecedented access to players, coaches, and executives from one of the most sports, most historic teams. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I just looked into it, and apparently, a slew of hilariously bad financial decisions also ruined the Expos, like not renewing television deals and English-speaking radio deals. Mm. Helmed by Jeffrey Loria of Marlins fame. Hmm. Noticing a pattern there. Just the thought. Mm. Just spitballing. Mm. But um, but you know, uh, what do you think of uh, the you know Netflix incorporating um? That idea about the Red Sox, like of how they're having their own uh, doc series for the the season, sort of like a hard knocks type feel. It's what they're kind of going for. Cool concept, wrong team. Really? What about the Ross? I feel like Boston would be because I think it would be more interesting to do it with the Dodgers. And I know people are not really the Yankees, the Mets, but the Dodgers. I don't even know if I'd say the Mets. I'd say the Dodgers are a young team to like build their stars, like the Mariners. Would be good because the Mariners, they they made their first playoffs two years ago. They made their first playoffs in 21 years. Trying to get back to that point, they have young guys on the team to see them go somewhere, like learn about them. The Red Sox are like an in-between. Like They should be rebuilding. They should be tanking. The Orioles would be a perfect team to follow for that reason. Build young stars. Especially because they're a smaller smaller market team. Well, maybe the Texas Rangers, who a team coming off of um, winning the World Series, how do they rebound? Or not rebound, how do they Yeah, re- like how that come, would be you know, mature, how do they defend their title? That would be interesting. It's just the Philly when they pick Phillies would be good. When they pick hard, yeah. When they pick hard knocks, you know what's the what's the story going into it? Why pitch pitch me your team, right? When it was with the Jets, they got Aaron Rodgers. They did this whole big off season. Yeah, of course. Yeah. When it was with the Lions, it's like this young kind of up and coming team, high powered offense, old fashioned eccentric coach that it just is extinct in modern right. sports. Just a, a lot going there that you just you kind of wanted to tune in. When they did it with the Cardinals, nobody cared. Yeah, so when you gotta yeah. like you gotta follow if you're gonna follow a team, you're gonna follow a team. Same thing with the Dolphins; they have a lot of character. Love them or hate them, Tyree Kill is a character. M- McDaniel, Mike, Mike McDaniel, great head coach. McDaniel, excuse me, is um, a yeah, the Dolphins were good. I did watch it. I remember I was talking to Sean about it. Uh, oh boy, Sean, um, 
And he said, I said to him, I'm like, hey, like, have you watched it? He's like, no, yeah, he's like, I don't watch the Dolphins. You know, I'm a judge. I'm a Jets fan. I'm like, okay, but it's it's hard knocks, and you're also a football fan. Like I said, how we lead to baseball. You also you're also a football fan. So especially football, like I pretty die hard with it. I watch, I cover and watch it extensively. So I'm gonna watch the Dolphins hard knocks because why not? I it's interesting, and I they're a good team. So I yeah I. Yeah, I watch it. So he's like, all right, I don't, I don't watch the Dolphins. Why would I follow the Dolphins? It's not about following them. It's just watching, you following the sport of football, NFL. So, but yeah, no, they, that was definitely a good team, the Dolphins. In terms of baseball, I definitely think the Phillies, Phillies would be good because they've been hard for them, especially personality, Philadelphia itself, and just the fact that they were one game away from making it back to the World Series again. They were there a couple years before, the Astros. That would be a good team. That would have been a good one. That would be a good team. You know, Dusty Baker, you know, is no, no longer the manager. They're still kind of trying to fight the scandal, the you know, the fight and the cheating scandal that's been haunting them. Cubs would have been good. Red Sox, I think, would not. This is not a good pick. I feel like the Mets. Like, what's the benefit in doing it for the Red Sox? Like, what angle are you coming at it from? A team on the decline. What? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, all right, so I guess it's going to be a tragedy, not a, uh, <laughs> not like a happy story. Now, they're going to go and win the World Series because they said that, but it's <laughs> like, you know, like, I just, I don't know what angle from a television perspective that they're trying to go with. That That's just kind of what I'm thinking of. I'd say the same thing about the Angels. If they did it with them, it's like a bigger market team. Like, well, they have Mark. Mike Trout's like they also have a bunch of guys that underperform every year. Like we're trying to sell a tragedy, you know. The Rays. The Rays are always a good team, but you know. It would have been interesting to see um it would have been interesting the Dodgers. Because they got Shohei, they got Yamamoto, all these players, Kershaw. one team, Kershaw, Betts, Coit. Yeah, no, no, no. And not only do they have all those superstars that already sell jerseys that are already not household names, there's no household names in baseball anymore, but guys that are popular and on commercials and on the news and stuff like that. But they just got humiliated in the postseason. And the angle you can go at it from is they're chasing something. All these superstars are chasing something. Right. They're all used to being the best guys, and they got humiliated. They got punked out by a team that, on paper, was drastically inferior to them going into it. And I know people would say, well, they won, so get over it. But what I mean is that that could be the angle you're looking at it from, from that perspective, is that this team, for whatever reason, fell apart when they shouldn't have. They have a combination of old established guys, Kershaw, obviously, Bats Freeman. You have Yoshinobu Yamamoto coming over, this dude who's supposed to be a prodigy. You have other young players that are pretty good, Will Smith, Gavin Lux, and probably others. Like it, I think that would have been a better pick. I think that would have been the best pick. You have the stars. You have Dave Roberts kind of coaching for his job. Yeah, like, oh, that you have a lot. Like you have a lot going for it. It's in L.A. It's like in Hollywood. Oh yeah, maybe it just 
I think maybe maybe they did approach him and they just it just they um they turned it down maybe. Yeah, that's the thing with baseball, man. Like, I, I don't know why the change happened, what it's about. I don't know why a lot of the players are like allergic to doing media and promotion. Have you ever noticed that? Some some teams like to use the excuse that? that it's much of a distraction than anything. That's such nonsense. <laughs> Like I don't Jets. understand why three other sports could figure this out. Like the Jets didn't want to be on hard knocks. They kind of were kind of forced to by rule, but I think they kind of embraced it either way. They, the Jets had all the media coverage on them by far, by none. And of course it just didn't, you know, the way it happens with in four plays of the season, it's just, they look like buffoons, but it's not their fault, but it just didn't, of course that's what happens. That's, you know, that's what, you know, hype and anticipation that's what happens and four plays that's but either way so i think that's why some teams kind of are hesitant because that's that's how they look at it but either way like no matter what you're gonna get the camera in your face no matter what like how are people gonna watch the games follow your teams especially in the day of age of social media like are you kidding me you're telling me like that's like come on let's be real yeah i just don't follow the whole it's a distraction thing. I, I don't know. Mm. But speaking Listen, of the man, like, I'm just, just real quick with the whole distraction thing. I, I don't think – I think if you have good coaching and players that are coachable, there's no such thing as a distraction. Okay. And I've been on teams, obviously not a, not at a professional level, but I've been on teams that fell victim to distractions because guys weren't coachable, because guys had problems, egos, things like that. But whose job is it to manage that? The coach. Right. So uh, that's why I always felt the whole such and such is a distraction. I don't subscribe to it. Other people may feel differently. And if you do feel differently, Leave a comment in the comment section below. There you go. Go ahead, Brandon. <laughs> uh, but either, speaking of the Dodgers, either way, um, Shohei Otani um, showed out um, in one of the Dodgers games in spring training, as spring training is now underway. So baseball is coming closer than we think. Let me know. You know, I remember we watched the Texas Rangers in their last out when they won their first World Series last year. Now baseball is almost coming back. I know tomorrow is le- is the it's it's a leap year, so tomorrow is going to be believe it or not February 29th, which is crazy to think of. Isn't that crazy? And that could be another topic as itself. But in the meantime, here's um, here's uh, some high some uh, video of Shohei Otani hitting his first home run, um, as a Dodger unofficial because it's spring training. Take it however you want. Okay. But either way. Here's uh, how we got. Here's some Shohei Otani highlights in a Dodger uniform, not an Angels, but in a Dodger uniform. Well, he was able to make the play, and here is Otani in what will more than likely be his final at bat today in his Dodger debut. There's a lot. There's a lot to look at. Excuse me, Tim, but it, again, very short stride, a weight transfer, but he is so big and strong. It's amazing. So much media attention when he took his first batting practice live BP. Media members counting the number of 
swings he took and then the number of home runs he took. I believe the first one was 21 swings, 10 home runs, and that became national and international news. 0-1 to Otani. Outside, one ball, one strike. Well, as an observation, Otani is one of those few players that when he is about to come up, no one leaves their seat. The aisles are empty. Here's a 1-1 pitch. That's low, 2-1. and one. one thing to keep in mind, he said he wanted to have 50 at-bats this spring, but a lot of those at-bats will be counted on the backfields. Last year for the Angels, he took 11 at-bats in the Cactus League games. All the rest of the at-bats he took were out back. So we don't know how many he's going to have here. He swings and misses, and now they count two and two. Look at a couple of numbers of, of Otani where where pitchers started to, to try and get to him. He handled the ball out away from him exceptionally well. The ball inside on his hands at times problematic. Two two is a little bit up. But even when Otani takes batting practice and, and I had heard this from uh, Dodger personnel even during the offseason every time he goes to home plate whether it be batting practice everything is precise. Ramos has to dive back a quick throw over by Leon. Ramos will run with the pitch. Dave Roberts saying he's oh that gets away from Vaughn and down to second base goes Ramos. I think that was a bad throw. I think Vaughn just clanked it. Well, you've got three and two, and obviously you got some attention. Yeah, the ball was caught. Tried to make the slap tag, and the ball just flew out of the glove. Three and two to Shohei Otani. As Leon stretches and comes to the plate now. Swung on, hit high in the air to left and deep. This ball carrying. This ball is gone. It is Dodger debut. Shohei Otani brings them to their feet. A two-run home run. That's what they've been waiting for. Show me the way. Well, I just talked about you know the power that he has. Watch him lift this ball. Very short stride, lift the ball. It just kept going. Well, that is a strong man right there. So they said basically right there and then. I like, I like how they kind of phrased it that when Shohei Watani is up, he's you don't want to miss it. And that's kind of how I felt when I saw him in uh, last August. When the Angels came to town and, and uh, flushed in Queens against the Mets, you know I wanted it, the main goal. Everybody was there. Was to see him. Mm-hmm. You know it wasn't to see well Mike Trout wasn't playing, but uh, it wasn't to see David Peterson. It wasn't to see Lindor. Um, wasn't to see Hunter Renthro. I don't know he was on the Angels at the time. People were going to go see Shahe Otani. So it's true. Like he brings. He's bringing a lot of attention to over to to the Dodgers, and 
see the power in his swing. And uh, you can tell. He's he's ready to wreck. Wish he was in pinstripes. Man, because he hit that. That was opposite field, too. He just got that whole the whole thing, man. I love his swing. He he said he didn't want to come to New York. Yeah, I don't care about that. I don't know what about I mean, what's different from New York than Los Angeles. They're kind of the same kind of market. I don't know. One's closer to his family. One has True. much nicer weather. Yeah. They both have terrible taxes. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Aside from the first two, there's really not much to not much different. That makes it up though. I think yeah, that also had another thing to do with it. Was the He's fact already that, in um, L.A. I mean, that's probably what it came down to. Right. I think that's kind of. What it was because I mean, close to family, people from Japan could watch him play in the right time, t- right time zone. So I think that probably had you know that had a fact to do it. Good for him. Uh, I mean, whatever. I hope it, he gets I mean, the glory he seeks. But you know, but just the power of that swing that it's definitely going to be insane. He looks like he it looks like his arm is fine. I know he had a he was having some problems last year. He was injured a lot. Yeah, well, didn't he get Tommy John surgery this offseason? Right, he so he was shut, shut down from pitching. So he's going to be shut down from pitching for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he's still able to hit. So good for you know, good for him. Hopefully, he kind of doesn't do any damage in the meantime. But we'll see. So, like I said, they deferred a lot of that contract to later on. Kind of did a Bobby Munia. So, you know. Yeah, I mean they got what? What what is it what what is it again? Four hundred million in ten years, something like that? I forget. It's absurd. He's gonna be in his forties getting paid better than ten years seven hundred million. Yeah, but I'm I'm talking about the deferments. It's the largest ever in pro sports. Fifty million a year. That's what it comes down to. Ten years. So I think essentially. So most of the money, and this is according to axios.com, I think. Ax.com. Either way, uh, most of the money is deferred into the decade after Otani's contract expires. So he'll be get. He's going to get paid just two million next season, but six hundred no. Sixty-eight million dollars each year between twenty thirty-four and twenty forty-three. So imagine that. Basically, it's he basically has his own pension. <laughs> so that's insane, and that's insane. So the seven hundred million is a bit of a misnomer, perhaps intended of top of what soccer star Lionel Messi recently got from Miami. So yeah, uh, Otani would get every dime, but inflation and Depreciation brings the effective price closer to five hundred million. So that's that. So in total, he'll be getting twenty million for the next ten years, two million annually, and then six six hundred and eighty million from two thousand thirty four to two thousand forty three. I don't like hearing those words. I mean, those those numbers feels makes me feel old. Two thousand thirty thirty four and twenty forty three. Like I'm, I'm not even, we're not even 24 yet, but so yeah, no, that's, 
you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I feel like they're going to be definitely fun to watch the uh, the Dodgers. A lot. Of, I think they're definitely going to attract more market and media attention. I want them on every Nash, every ESPN Sunday night game. I want it to be a Dodger game. And I know some people are people always whine about what they pick to be the ESPN Sunday night games. And people are like, you know, enough with the Yankees, Red Sox. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. People don't want to watch a freaking Cardinals Brewers game in July at seven o'clock at night on ESPN. How many t- how many TVs are tuning in for that one? <laughs> now, like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk, but it's like, hold on a minute, raise White Sox. Let me rush to the DVR for this. Yeah, like, come on, come on. You know, I'm I'm here to see stars. Like last year, like going into last year, Aaron Judge broke the freaking uh, American League home run record. I, I don't know. I think maybe I want that guy to be playing more nationally televised games. So hopefully, like, uh, hopefully they they show a lot of them so people can actually watch the guys play. Right. I mean, we'll see. You know. You know, this was actually something we should have talked about first on the show. Um, Kodai Senga. Man, did did the Mets really did catch a break? Like we said. Yeah. They, they caught really a huge did. break, so I know we were we were skeptical. We were getting scared. I was getting scared because you know he was having arm fatigued. But you know, um, this is luckily he was just okay. As I just uh, just trying to research, no, I don't want to hear from the New York Post. So, like I said last week, he left a session because he was having arm fatigued. He was kind of MRI. He was getting looked at. So, um, it definitely hurt a bit, but so the MRI came show that he has a capsule strain in his throwing shoulder and he returned to New York to receive a, uh, platelet rich plasma injection, which will definitely shut him down for at least the next three weeks. So likely scenario is, I think, I believe he's going to be out only four to six months or no, not months. Oh, no, no. Four to six weeks. And so apparently the best case scenario is that he could make his season debut in early May, which could be good. Um so that is according to the uh it's according to the USA Today article that I'm reading from Jesse Yamtov. So um definitely good. So at least he can be out till May. You know, just miss a month of May. I'll take it. At least this could happen earlier than maybe a week before spring training. Yep, ends and opening days around the corner, you know. So it this sucks, but hey, it this worst case scenario, yeah, he's out till May. I mean, no, I'm wor- no worst case scenario, he gets Tommy John, and that didn't happen. Just has some arm, you know, a strain, and so he's gonna be shut down for a bit, and then he'll be ready to pitch by May. Definitely hurts a bit because the Mets pitching, starting pitching, is not as deep as it was maybe. Eight Ever. years ago, last year, what? Ever, really? I, I mean, you guys have always had good pitching, man. Oh right, always. yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, we've always had good pitching. So I mean, it is what it is. So I mean, but 
they always they always had good pitching and it just just sucks that had to happen. You know, I you know, I see I was watching some of the game last night, I mean y- yesterday. Adrian Hauser was pitching. Um and I know there's a Mets relief. So I mean, either way, I mean at least he can come back. Hopefully he can hold up by then. Like I said, I know we've talked about it plenty. Tyler McGill could probably come in and take in like uh take the reps at the fifth at the fifth spot. You know, maybe, um, they're not going to go out and get a high-end player. Like, it's not going to go out, you know, make him force some move to get Blake Snell. You know, David Stearns, when he was talking in the press conference or outside of the bullpen, like, both at the in the dugout, Mets dugout in, in spring training, he didn't. they didn't seem too scared, like, too upset. Like, they kind of, you know, it is what it is, and hey, at least he's, he's going to come back. And it seems like they kind of have some, you know, they, they know what they're going to do, and so... You know, um, it's good. It's good to see that he's not too concerned. But like I said, uh, but that's just my, you know, hopefully the Mets can hold on until Senga comes back. We're gonna have to wait for the ghost fork. And uh, yeah, so that's why I gotta say, um, what, what do you think on the Senga injury? You dodged a bullet. Not only did you dodge a bullet, that it's not as severe as maybe it could have been. He's missing spring training. You're not losing games, right? Exactly. That's what. That's like, what it, it doesn't. It doesn't cripple your team, and that's that's important. And I think that's why Stearns and the Mets were so cavalier about it. Like you said, that they it's you know kind of no big deal to them. What's the detriment? What's the downside? If you wanted to give him an extra week, you could. I mean, obviously, then that's putting you into the regular season. But what I mean is, you can affer- afford to be cautious because. If one of your star players is injured to start the season, you know you can kind of take your time and evaluate it. You know, there's not as much pressure to get back. If you're trying to, you know, make a postseason push and it's the middle of September and a guy gets arm fatigue, now that's a problem. But something like this, when it's the season hasn't even really started yet, it's just spring training. You'll take this any day of the week, man. It could be a lot worse. So to prevent other injuries and whatnot, shut him down. You know, it's it's a smart move. Yeah. And obviously, it could always get worse or be worse, or you never know what happens trying to rehab something. Right, something happens. Uh, step, step back. Yeah. It's happened. It's happened before, right? I um, I don't know, man. I I hope he plays again, man. Like you know what I mean. Like hope I hope he gets back healthy, ready to go. As soon as possible, at a hundred percent, not trying to pitch through anything, because he's exciting to watch. Oh, right down. He is exciting to watch, man. He's a fun dude to watch. I so, agree. I agree. I had he been on the bump for Mets opening day, I probably would have gone with you to opening day. But now, <laughs> no, not man. so much. No, yeah, I, I know. I talked about it with my dad too, and yeah, I can't. I mean, it's. That definitely sucks. I mean, I'm I'm sure people still are gonna go. It's it's Mets opening day. It's the first game of the year. Yeah, of course. So, but I don't know. I wouldn't say it makes it less of a chance that I would go, but it's at the same time, it's like was one of the main attractions or main reasons to go. You know, I mean, maybe like I said, I I would I would still go, um, because like I said, I'm a Mets fan. It's Mets opening day. But maybe someone like you who's like 
you know, you're, you know, you're not a meth fan. Yeah, for me, it's just, just and are relaxing. they playing the Brewers? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? It was a, it was an idea, but you know, it might not work out. You know, like I might still go, but yeah, not... for now, it, I don't know. Like I said, I don't think I'll have you accompany me, but it's, it's okay. Like I said, um, but I'm fine waxing my den with some wings and with my pops, and that'll be fine with because it's, nice it's gonna be a good watch. day. It's gonna be a good day of baseball because they got the Astros coming on too. Yankees Astros in Houston. Um, would have been sick if it was in New York. Honestly, I don't know why. I don't know why it's in Houston. I don't know. I, I don't have an answer to that. But uh, I'm gonna say uh, I know what I want to make out. Uh, so, like I said, I feel like the bullpen this year. I think with the Mets, it's pretty deep. I think there's a lot of depth. Definitely some quality talent, and hopefully in the minors. I know we don't talk about their pitching prospects as much, but their relieving prospects. One of the Mets relieving reliever prospects, uh, his name is Nate Lavender. Now, and what a name! I know. I wish I had like. I wish we had the videos up here. Like, uh, what in the Harry Potter is that? I love it, man. Nate um, Lavender, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I wish I had the videos up here, but like, cause, but. According to Mike, Mike Mayer, uh, he reported that uh, he retired all six batters he faced this spring, and he struck out four of them. So, and he's a lefty specialist too. Well, no, like he's a lefty pitcher. Pretty good. So that's you know, like I said. So hopefully, like I said, the bullpen can because it's weird with the Mets. I feel like it's I don't know if it's with any other teams or it's just like or it's just the Mets. But I feel like there's times where if they don't have the batting, they got the pitching. They don't got the bullpen. They got, but they got the hitting, and they got the starting pitch or starting. It, it like flip flops each year. This it's always something new that they don't have. They can never put it together. I do, I can't recall a year that they had everything firing on all cylinders. That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. Maybe 15. No, they didn't have. But the hitting. I, the hitting wasn't. It was all right. Yeah, it was, it was Daniel Murphy and a David Murphy. I'm sorry. He came, uh, carried them that year. Well, that postseason, he carried yeah. them to the World Series. Yeah, it was David Murphy. Wait, isn't it Daniel Murphy? It, well, yeah, Daniel Murphy. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why I corrected myself and made myself wrong. Daniel Murphy, yeah. Um, it was him and everybody else was like kind of cold. Cespedes was okay. But, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Like they, Even that year, they got there on pitching. I don't know how good the bullpen was. Was that one of Familia's good years? Um, his good year? He was all right. He had some lone saves. Like, he had a lot of them that year. Um, decent amount, especially one in the World Series in Game 1. And I remember he, he was he was decent that year. Like, Familia, he had some good years with us, and that was one of that was definitely one of his seasons where he was, he was good. Yeah, so, I mean, you're right. It's it really is bizarre because the Yankees, you know, looking at it from the perspective of my team, we have years that we don't win, but like everything does kind of come together. Like there's not like a part of the team that like sucks. Last year and the year before, the offense was atrocious, save for Aaron Judge. But you, you know, in the past, things have 
been firing on all cylinders. You just don't win. You just don't win. So it, it is. It is strange. Like the only issue the Mets really have right now is starting pitching. I think you guys have bullpen depth, but not the names that you would expect. Not guys that are as consistent, maybe. Right. Okay. That would kind of concern me a little bit, but whatever. You have Edwin Diaz coming back. Yeah. Hard to be mad. I so, can't wait for that. That's the big name. That's the name, though. Yeah, that could be a game changer for you. It's crazy how much he like was not forgotten, but like, you know, he was out, so like, you know, he's not going to be talked about as much. Yeah, nobody's talked about him. I'm hoping that. Well, I've that so changes my fans in my fantasy leagues that it's not going to matter. But I was going to say, I hope that means he drops like the fourth round, and that's where I'll take him. But, yeah, I'm I'm looking at well before we get back on him, I'm looking on Familia's stats and he really didn't turn into a closer until it was twenty fifteen. Cause that year he had forty three saves. Hmm. The next year he had fifty one. Um I, I think he got hurt in twenty seventeen because he only appeared in twenty six games. I guess so. And he was on the Mets all three years. Yeah. Um he was on the Mets from he was on the Mets for a long time. He a lot of his career was on the Mets. He was oh. on, yeah, no, he was he was with the Mets. He was with the Mets for a pretty long time. He was with them from 2012. Yeah, I'll bring it up real quick. This up. always yeah. happens with me. I always forget like the, there's Mets relievers who I just completely like black out on. Um, from 2012, he was on them to 2017, really? and then and in 18, he was traded at the deadline to Oakland. I remember that because then next thing you know, next offseason they they he. Acquire him back. He comes back, and his ERA is it's definitely not that good. I remember going to one yeah. of the, the second home opener, the second home game they had. And I remember was, he, did was he that? serve a suspension the year he had twenty six games? Was that it? Didn't he yeah. serve a suspension at one point, or is that Mejia? Mejia definitely. Mejia actually Mejia got, definitely was suspended. Didn't he get suspended out of the league? He got suspended too many times. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, uh, he's. I could, I'm pretty I sure could, he's maybe banned. I'm wrong on that, but he get, definitely got suspended. He might be banned from the league. I'm pretty sure. We'll look that up. Um, looking it up. All right, so here's some transactions. So, nah, he was never suspended. Hmm. It would say here transactions. In Twenty. What is it? Twenty seventeen. 2018, he was traded to Oakland. Um, he had a arterial clot in his right shoulder. Oof. Yikes. Um, mm. Yeah, what was it? Was it Francisco Mejia? Mm. No. It's a different dude. No, I know Next what you're talking about, though. Pitcher Mejia. Jenry Mejia. That's where I always get them confused. Yes. Yeah, he was indefinitely banned. And then, re oh, he was reinstated at one point. He was on the Red Sox. Was he never 
Yeah, he never got to the majors, but he was on the Red Sox minor leaguer in 2019, January. Yeah. All right. Co- Cody Bellinger. Yeah, Cody Bellinger. On a three-year, $80 million deal. What do you, what do you make of that? He has opt-outs after every year. Um, I don't have sources or anything like that. But with how bizarre this offseason was, I think there might have been some collusion going on. What way? There's no way that after the season he had, being a former MVP candidate, three years, $80 million. That's an insult. I I can't fathom that. And the same thing with Blake Snell. I don't know if guys are sick of Boris's nonsense. <laughs> JD Martinez isn't on a team right now. Yeah, like come on. He should be a Met. Matt Chapman's not in on a, a team right uniform. now. No team need no team. No team could use what? The third or fourth best defensive third baseman in the league. And Matt Chapman. Who can get hot for a week or two at a time? Nobody needs him. That's what you're telling me. Uh, something's that's not bizarre, adding up, man. Yeah, like Montgomery, something's not adding up. Like something strange. It's I'm not saying you know collusion and like people there needs to be an investigation. But what I'm saying is like something bizarre is going on with some of these guys and their agents or agent. I can't. I don't know, man. Uh, is it me? No, it's it's not. What? Dennis. Like maybe we got to go up and we got to challenge Scott Boris. We got to be the ones <laughs> to do it. But no, I. It it has to be addressed though. The baseball free agency. I, I don't get it. It's it's sl- slow as molasses. And that's not yeah. saying that's not saying any cheeks talking. It's <laughs> any baseball fan would agree. It's there's a ton of good players that just haven't been signed yet. I just don't. I I get it. You want to try to get every top dollar you get, but like at the same time, it's like you know the love of the game has to outweigh the business sometimes. Like I, I said, look at. Oh, go ahead. Like I said, get all the money you deserve. Trust me, I get that. But at the same time, like, how long are you gonna wait? If I'm a team in the AL Central, and I I bludgeon the Central region, I, I really do, and I'm sorry. I used to watch White Sox and Cubs games all the time as a kid on WGN. But it's if I if I'm in the AL Central, and I'm a team owner, I'm looking at Montgomery, Martinez, Bellinger before he got signed, Snell. I'm telling my general manager, if you're walking away with less than four of these guys, you're fired. Because all four of them, and we we, we win the division. We win the division. Those teams are so – There's no, what's the biggest difference between the Royals after they got Seth Lugo, good year with the Padres, Michael Waka, good year with the Padres. They already had some decent hitters, Vinny Pascantino, missing some time. Up. Bobby Wood. Bobby Witt Jr. So they extended Bobby Witt, obviously. He was in danger of leaving, but a guy, Salvador Perez, offensively, he can get buckets. What's the biggest difference between them and the Twins? Obviously, the Twins are a better team. I'm not trying to uh, talk them out of it, right? 
They got a dominant ball pen. Eduard Julian is really good. Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa. They got guys. But really, think about it. Yeah. On paper, we looked at the Dodgers in the NL West, and we're like, there is no way they should lose this division. We look at the Braves, and it's if any team other than the Phillies beat the Braves in the NL East race, everything had to have gone wrong for them. Yeah, I, I guess maybe that same pressure might be on the Cubs with that division, with how catastrophically bad it was last year for a lot of the season. But if I'm looking at the AL Central, I, I'm, I'm calling Blake Snell and asking, how much do you want? And I'm getting him here. Uh, is it me? No team needs J.D. Martinez. Nobody. Because he's old? Contact hitters age well. You want to hear my evidence for this, Brandon? Go ahead. Hundred Over 100 years of baseball tells you this is true. Ichiro, his last couple of years... The batting average wasn't 330 like when he was in his prime. wasn't hitting 216 hits a season. Shocking. But he was still good. He's hitting like 256-ish for the Marlins. If I'm right on that. <clears throat> Not great, but at, for, the, for what, tw- uh, 2018, 2019 Major League Baseball? Might as well have been freaking Tris Speaker. You know? Tony Gwen towards the end of his career wasn't like a automatic out. It's Tony Gwen. Look at Jeter his last couple of years. Like contact hitters age well. Line drive hitters age well. So what am I missing? I, I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. <laughs> it's bizarre. I know. I'm not saying Matt Chapman is Brooks Robinson, but <laughs> really? He's still a free agent? Tim Anderson just signed with the Marlins. He had one bad year his entire career. One bad year. One bad year. And the guy is like untouchable? One bad year in a fist fight gets you almost out of the league. <laughs> what the hell am I missing? I wish I could tell you. This is the most bizarre offseason ever. And going into it, people said it was top-heavy, and they were right. I just I don't get it, man. I, I really I just don't understand it. I who's the Padres DH? They don't need JD Martinez. Maybe they don't. I'm looking at their roster. I know the Mets do. The Mets could fill out the DH spot like that. If they can get in, I'd be fine with it. Sure. Yeah, and like why aren't they taking them? Something's going on. The Tigers? I'm looking at the I I loved what the Tigers did this offseason. I really did. Yeah. I really, I'm really high on them going into the season. Realistically, realistically, 
Would you rather have Gio Urshela or Matt Chapman? That's a tough question. Is it really? They're both defensive first third baseman. One of them is like a platinum glove winner. The other one is just an extremely good third baseman. Right. I, I, I don't know. Mm. I could but, see the White Sox not trying to do it, not trying to just go all in on the offseason because you're kind of in this weird in-between stage. You have a youngish team. You're trying to kind of rebuild. All right, fine. I, I That I get. The Royals, though, I, I don't know. I, I feel like if you're going to get the pitching this offseason, uh, what's the point? Like, I, I don't it, – it's just the whole thing is strange to me. Mm-hmm. The whole offseason was bizarre. They get Hunter Renfro. They get Adam Frazier. That was a sneaky move that I didn't see people talk about. Garrett Hampson, Austin Nola, Michael Waka, like I said, Seth Lugo, Will Smith, like John Schreiber. They they revamped the pitching staff totally. So why not bring in somebody like J.D. Martinez to be a DH? I don't get it, man. I wish I could tell you. But, um... I think you go for the Brewers. J.D. Martinez should be a brewer, too. Mm. Your team can't hit. <laughs> team can't hit. Dude, they haven't been able to hit since the 80s with that Robin Yount and Paul Molitor. Mm. What, what are they waiting for? Now, their lineup has gotten better. They made some moves. But still... What what are they gonna do? What will DH Gary Sanchez every now and then? You tell me who's better. It's the whole thing is odd, man. It's really odd. Be the way. Um, does that wrap up the show? I think it does. Okay. Definitely a lot. I just spring training this morning. Spring training going on. Real um, quick, you said yeah. um, the player from the Mets the. The kid, uh, Lavender, Nate Lavender. Any other players you've been watching from the Mets surprise you at the spring training? Yeah, uh, Trace Thompson. Yeah, he had a he grand slam, didn't he? I believe so, yeah. Um, he's decent. He's yeah, decent. Some he, good depth, he looks like he's showing up a lot, so I kind of want to see how they that he progresses. He's showing up in spring training. I know Jose Iglesias made some good plays in the infield when I watched um, a couple of Couple plays, so I like to see how he does. Like I said, Trace Thompson, because like I said, he could be a good depth piece for uh, for the Mets. Yeah. And so yeah. you know, because they need the you know they need the outfield and help. As well, they have decent outfield, but like, he, hopefully he could be a depth player and um, maybe more. We'll see. But he, he looks good in spring training. Alvarez looked good so far. I know he he had a home run. And um, like I said, I just that's all I can really say. Yeah. Trace Thompson, obviously the brother of Clay Thompson. No shot. You didn't know this? No. Yeah, no, they're brothers. Maybe we see Clay at uh, some uh, some Mets, some Mets games next year. Maybe you will. When he was on the Dodgers, they would always talk about it. Any game, any nationally televised game, they would talk about how whoa, 
his his dad, former Laker Michael Thompson, playing for his hometown team, Trace. <laughs> kind of interesting. For the Yankees, Spencer Jones, man, this kid is a killer. How's he looking? Bro, how's he looking? 470 feet. That's how he's looking. He hit a bomb. Mm. A nuke, 470. That's astounding, man. Obviously, Juan Soto. He's a bucket. Yeah, well, that should be exciting. I know the Bronx is going to be ready for him. No, yeah. Can't wait. Cannot wait. See Juan Soto. Soto shuffle in the stadium, baby. Can't oh, wait. God. Keep on shuffling. Shuffle now, up and deal. Now, do you feel like he's going to – it's a possibility he could resign with the Yankees? Yeah. It's a possibility. <laughs> Now, I know a lot of people that say I'm not buying Juan Soto merchandise because I don't know if he's going to stay. Fair. But uh, it's possible, certainly. I don't think he's... I'm not saying that he's a guaranteed... I never thought Aaron Judge was really going to leave. I I never did. I think... I'll say this till my, my last breath. I think if the Yankees won the World Series the year before, and I, my Aaron Judge might have left. I don't think he was seriously going to leave the Yankees for the Giants. And by the way, some foresight by Aaron Judge to be like, wait a minute, this team kind of sucks. Then they immediately <laughs> fell off. Yeah, that that tweet by was it John Heyman? Yeah, that Arson Judge. That- that bleach report, yeah, that's that tweet's not gonna. That's of Judge heading to the Giants. That's never gonna get let down by the Yankee fans or just baseball fans in general. What about Blue Jay fans thinking they're gonna get Otani? That too, yeah. What's what's going on? There's people doing they're another team, sports. man. We we gotta do an episode, I guess. Maybe next week we'll do it. Next week, yeah. Of like teams that maybe we'll pick like five each that you like their off season, didn't like their off season. Yes, it can be fun. I like it. Let us let us know down below, audience, what players have surprised you in spring training, for better or worse. I haven't seen too many guys that just come out and just be complete tomato cans. Alec Manoa had a horrific start, but oh yeah, no, he was, was also bad. really bad last year. So maybe the guys got the yips or something. I don't know. Hopefully, <laughs> figures it out. Yeah, but but anyways, this wraps it up. Okay. Yeah. We thank you for joining us in another edition of Bat and Chatting. For my co-host, Dennis Tui, and the entire Blackjack Group Mini team, I'm Brandon Talley saying so long, and we'll see you next time.